What's going on, sweet people? Thanks for calling the talkback line. Leave us a message. Hey, guys. It's Megan. Um, I just listened to the deep thoughts for time on knowing your why. Um, Love the episode. Love the image of the miners with searching for the diamonds. But it got me thinking for the listeners that have never workshopped or thought about their own personal why or for the listeners that are like, damn, I've been a victim in my situation. How do they or I go about, like, workshopping my why? Um, I know two resources I've had presented to me are um, to start looking at, number one, your bank account, where you spend your money, and then doing a log of your time. Where are you spending your time? And so just wanted to know how we can work on our lives. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Thanks for the call, Megan. What do you think, Riley? How do you workshop your whys? Well, I think Megan really nailed it on the head with looking at your money, looking at your bank account, looking at your time. What you do and what you spend your money on usually can kind of act as like a trail to what, what's really important to you. Uh, but for me, in, in the past, I've been really into journaling and on, honestly just making a top 10 list. Like, what are 10 things that are really important to you? Is, is family important or friends or quality time or, you know, things like that. If you have a list of that and you can kind of whittle your way down to maybe like two or three that are really, really important to you, that I feel like that can kind of cultivate your why. I feel like if you're writing it down and kind of know it top of mind, then then it'd be a little bit easier to figure it out. Yeah, and I think it's a good idea to revisit that from time to time because your whys can kind of change depending on what season of life you're in. So that's always good to go back. And if you've got journals and stuff like that, you can look back to where you were and and even craft new whys if yeah, you need to. It's a home run of, of what she said about looking at your money because you, you may say that your why is blah, 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 X and Y, and then you look at your bank account and what you spend your money on, it could could be opposite of that or even different. So just, I feel like those were, she kind of answered her own question with how people should do that. But um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call, Megan. We appreciate it. And uh, if you want to be part of the talk back line, you can always give us a call at 623-404-6688. And I know when that hotline bling, that can only mean one thing. You used to call me on my talk back line. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Hell yeah! I don't like the bad language. To the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. It's a good thing I can do editing on this. <laughs> Why do I always laugh so much? What's so funny? What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, alongside my best friend, Michael Gray, we actually have a special person, my boss. Her name is Brittany Wyndham. What's going on, Brittany? Hello. Yes, that's a hell of an intro, isn't it? Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. You sound intimidated just by saying that. Well, I mean, dude, she's the boss. She's the, she's the muscle of CrossFit Fury, if you don't know. She gets uh, stuff done at the gym, so you, if you're hearing from this lady, it's probably like, you know... Good stuff only. Yeah, so we've interviewed, interviewed Peter in the past. He's mm-hmm. the owner, but Brittany is running the day-to-day right now, and she just lays down the law. Yeah, she's the enforcer. Like, every good hockey team has a person that, like, you know, when there needs to be a fight, we send them out there, and Brittany's that person, I She's think. the bulldog, huh? 
I guess I have to. <laughs> I guess I have to own up to that. Are you in charge of who scheduled the uh, the programming during the open? Because I've got a complaint to lodge. Bring it up. Come on. Have you been doing it? Yeah, dude. Oh man, What's it's been wrong so tough. It? I don't know. It's just been a lot of extra work with the open. Do you think that the open workouts are just so hard that it's making the next week harder? Probably. Yeah, I think. I mean, even on myself personally, my body like. By Monday, I'm still not fully recovered from Friday. Okay. Yeah, so maybe... So that's what you wanted to do. Well, I mean... I'd I like want... to withdraw my complaint about, <laughs> about Riley then. Well, yeah, there'd probably be a ton of those if we really took tally. But yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see the workouts being any difficult more than they have been in the past. I think you're just putting out a lot more effort than you normally would have. Are you doing Thursday's workout? I have not been because I felt like I need Thursday off. <laughs> Although I did do the open on Thursday night last night. Yeah. Last time. And oh. Brittany did it alongside with you. She did. See, that was amazing. She kicked my butt. Yeah, well, well, Brittany's favorite movement is deadlifts, by the way, if you oh, didn't know. Oh, gosh. No, that is <laughs> like not your favorite. No, not favorite. at all. No. So before we get this thing rolling too far in, Brittany, why don't you give us a brief uh, like intro about you, where you're from, what brought you to the desert, and then what brought you to Fury? All right. Well... I've lived here going on 12 years, um, moved from Michigan. I grew up as an army brat, they like to call it. So I've lived in multiple states, moved around, sometimes two schools in the same year. Um, did that till about seventh grade. And my mom finally told my dad, we're done with this. Um, time to retire. <laughs> time to retire. My sister was going into high school. So we moved to Michigan, which is where my parents are from. That's where I went to middle school, high school, and then college. After college, I took a job in Albuquerque, New Mexico um, with Hyatt Resorts. And that was a very short lived thing. Um, I'd went through their management trainee program and then moved back to Michigan um, after about eight months, I think I was there and I had been dating my now husband at the time. So that kind of is what shout out took to Matt. me. Yes. Shout out to my <laughs> husband, Matt. Um, he was still finishing the police Academy in Michigan. So I moved back to Michigan, um, got a job there while he was finishing the Academy. And then two years later, he was still struggling to find work. That's when the economy had crashed in Michigan with the auto industry going down. Um, it affected everything. So we kind of were like looking at options, not married yet, not even engaged. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to apply out in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I kind of laughed and said, at this rate, you might as well. Um, I have a job. You don't. We can't move on with our lives until there's a change with that. Um, so he did it. Didn't hear anything for about two months. Then all of a sudden they called him up and said, can you be here in two weeks to start the academy? Wow. So he moved out probably about a month or two before I did. Um, but before I moved, he had had the sit down talk with my father. Mm. What was his plans? Um, mm, stern. That's old school. Yes. <laughs> so, Dude, that was an army dad. That's got to be rough, man. <laughs> he's like cleaning his gun as he's talking yeah. about going back. <laughs> yeah. So we moved out here and... We kind of, in our head, thought we can always move back. Like, if we don't like it, we'll just move back. No big deal. At that time, flights were only $250 round trip. They're now well over 400 Yeah. So it does make things a little bit more challenging now. But we've fallen in love with Arizona um, and everything that it has to offer, everything that's close by. So this is now home. 
Yeah, and we're glad it's home, and we're glad to have you on staff and for you to run the ship. I'm I'm very, very, like, I think me and Brittany are completely different on a lot of things, but, like, she's super, super organized, and if you haven't gotten the gist (laughs) from this podcast yet, I'm probably not the most organized, but you need people like that to kind of, like, you need Brittany's to keep me in the rails. Like, if I didn't have Brittany, I I don't know what would would really be going on at the gym, but uh, I feel your pain, Brittany. I really do. Yeah. That, well, you're my Brittany. <laughs> I mean, if you don't understand, I've got I'm multiple. The pod, I'm the podcast Brittany. Exactly. I've got multiple Brittany's. Uh, let's talk about how you started CrossFit and how you started uh, walking in the doors from CrossFit Fury. Well, I first um, had heard about CrossFit from friends. Um, Danae Carlton, she used to be at the gym. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out to Danae. We really love you. Yeah, we miss her. She's down in Sierra Vista now. Um, and I always knew that I would like it. I just wasn't at the point in my life. I had just had young, I had really, I had small babies. So I was still doing the workout, um, with them in stroller called stroller strides. And I wasn't quite ready to give that up yet. So I participated in a 5k that CrossFit Fury was doing for a fallen officer, Travis Murphy. And I just couldn't get over like the sense of community. And at that time they were still in the smaller startup um facility so I kind of started asking a little bit more questions kind of kept asking Danae finally about two years later I want to say there was a spot that opened up in the daycare and it was work one shift a week get your membership free Mm. and I was like okay I can do that yeah so I started in the daycare I didn't know you started in daycare yeah started it started in daycare (laughs) nice and um, just kind of worked my way from there. I would, I'd like to say Peter has a very um, strong presence when he's in the gym. He can be intimidating. I don't think he means to be, but <laughs> some people are afraid of him. And I've never been that kind of person really to back down from somebody or mm. shy away from sharing my ideas. So or feelings. Or feelings. <laughs> yes. Or feelings. So I would just approach him as a daycare employee and say, Oh, have you thought about this? Or have you ever tried this? You know, just asking questions. Um, and I think he started taking me a little bit more serious after I um won the death by burpee I think it was challenge (laughs) um he actually realized oh you know she's got a little bit more to her than just showing up for once a week daycare shift and I don't think at that time he was around during the time of day I would work out so I wasn't really familiar with me as an athlete but um pretty competitive and um I (laughs) I don't know just from there I just kind of worked my way into then I I think I went to every night working in the daycare there for a while because I could bring my kids and then my husband was on first shift so he'd pick them up on his way home and I'd only have to stay another two or three hours then be done, help close up. Then I switched over to desk, working the front desk. It was bye-bye daycare. Mm. Hello, That's front like, desk. She's done the ultimate trajectory of CrossFit Fury employees, by the yeah. way, if you haven't noticed. Went from babysitting the kids to babysitting the adults, yeah. right? <laughs> right, right. And there are times still today where I'm kind of like, you want me to cover your desk, um, your daycare shift? I mm. will be happy to do that <laughs> if it, you'll cover mine. Um, so I then I went to every evening at the desk and I really enjoyed that because you got to see the members interact with the members and just be more of a face of fury. Uh, from there I had talked to Peter about starting a corporate wellness program and that's kind of the good thing, um, 
of sharing your ideas, especially with Peters. He's always willing to give anything a shot and let you either succeed or fail before he pulls the plug. So we started corporate wellness and I slowly stepped into a coaching role after taking my L1. And I've now had the same corporate wellness group for three years. Yeah. Tell us about this is Duncan, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that as well. So my Duncan group, they come on Mondays and Wednesdays and they come at 6.30 p.m. So last class of the day. There's also a CrossFit and a basics class going on at the same time. And I do my own programming. So I've programmed for this group oh, for at least two and a half years. I want to say the first six months of me doing it, Peter had me submit everything weekly um, <laughs> to make sure he was okay with what I was doing. And I had anybody from the athlete that runs trail runs, 17 miles in a race to majority of them were very overweight, very sedentary in their jobs, poor nutrition. I mean, you it probably never even exercised in the recent five years of their life. Mm. So a lot of them started there. I have a pretty good return of about seven to nine that Every four weeks, they re-up with their company and commit to another eight classes. And then at that time, it also opens up to the rest of the employees to join if they want. Tell us about the business and what they do for their employees to allow them to come to Fury. Yeah, so they, so Duncan pays entirely for their classes. Is Duncan Trucking trucking School, like what's the business? So Duncan is... Give them a real plug. Okay, so Duncan (laughs) is Duncan and Son lines Mm -hmm. and they transport by semi uh, between California and Phoenix. So they have customers in Texas as well, but their actual transportation, their port is out of Long Beach. And the people that I actually work with in the gym are a lot of their admin. So a lot of their dispatchers, um, accounting, they run the day-to-day operations. So it's not the actual drivers themselves, it's the people that are sitting in the office. And so this company makes available to all of their employees or just their administrative employees, the ability to come do this? Yeah, so they open it up every four weeks, once a month, when we're getting close to the end of the eight classes, they send out an email, hey, we have spots open because they can send up to 20 employees. And sometimes my group will grow to 18 it usually stays steady around 12 yeah um same usual suspects every 6 30 yeah so the it's mix usually of the same. my 6 30 class and her 6 30 class is really really interesting yeah they yeah. used to be in the morning didn't they i thought i was pretty sure i used to work out with them when peter had them as no, their... he had a different group at that time okay um and then we also have another group that peter goes to which is southwest trucking oh. they're the ones that teach drivers training nice so they um hired drivers put them through the schooling and then they would you know have their licensing and everything to drive the semis i just think it's such a forward thought process of like a company be like hey we want our employees to be healthy we want our employees to be kind of have their health in mind because they're only going to be better employees if that's the case like if you're not going to work because you're unhealthy and sick and have to go to the doctor like it's it's a full circle like your health impacts your work which impacts your life that which impacts your work like i feel like it's only a matter of time before more companies are on that track of trying to keep their employees as healthy as possible yeah it's a great perk it's a great thing for them and for the the employees too yeah i mean yeah their employees the employees love it 
Yeah, and, and they get um, docked. It's very minimal, but if they don't show up to class, I send an attendance report. If they don't show up to class, they do get docked from their paycheck, but I, I think it's yeah, very minimal. Awesome too. Maybe yeah. $5 a class or something like that. Um, so it's kind of, they have to buy in on their end. You know, if they show, then they're great. They don't owe anything. Um, and we've seen great success with a lot of those that have been coming there. Some of them are off medications, mm. um, lots of weight loss, yeah, the, abilities the, have improved. The highlight of, I mean, one of the, my favorite people of that group is, is Brandy. Yes. Yes. And she, tell us a little bit more about Brandy. She has been amazing. Yeah. So Brandy, um, when she came in, just having her even step up onto how big would those boxes be? Maybe eight inch, Maybe. an eight inch box um, was very difficult for her. hands on the knees. I mean, asking her to do 10 in a minute would be a challenge. Um, squatting. I don't even know that we did that. We might've been just sitting to a box and standing. Um, she's now doing the open workouts. She's done five Ks. Like- yes. She's now running five Ks. She's doing, um, I, I, she usually does a mile challenge every year. Like last year, year I believe it's 100 miles by a certain date like she gives herself so many months to do it and so she has to compete in so many 5ks and she still has a you know work to do but she's um very dedicated Mm. when she doesn't show to class I always send her a text like where were you what's going on she had a, a husband that Recently had a stroke. I guess it's almost been a year. Is it back in spring, uh, around Feb- end of February, beginning of March, and um, that definitely took a toll on her. But she has said that you know if it wasn't for CrossFit and becoming fit, she wouldn't have been able to do what she's done for her husband, mm. um, as far as helping him through the rehab and being there for him um, physically, literally helping him get off the floor, things like that. So. I think she's, you know, she's a lifer. Yeah, she's she's amazing. And and from a coaching standpoint or just even another human standpoint, like when you see someone taking control of their lives like that, like it lights me up. Like to go coach, like when she walks in or like just talking to her, like that's what keeps me going is like I get inspired from the members I walk in as well, just as much as kind of it may work the other way for them. So, yeah, and I think a lot of people are inspired by watching CrossFit games, but this is where the real inspiration I think mm-hmm. happens when you see someone who you didn't think would ever come in the door to come in and change their life that way. We love those kind of stories and we're working on something on our side that's yeah. similar to that. We're going to give works. you some information on that later, but uh, Brittany, you're, you know all about that. It's, it's, great to see somebody change their life, especially when they start from the bottom. Um, Britt, what also I would like to talk about as well is um, um, kind of just some some leadership things that you've learned in the last X amount of months since you've been taken over here. What have you learned? What has worked? What hasn't worked? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I would say it's definitely been a pretty big learning curve for me. I've I've always taken initiative and had no problems getting along with the group um, and, you know, giving respect and receiving respect. Um, I think probably my biggest challenges have been doing things to a standard that I haven't set that somebody else has set. Mm. So Peter holds me as well as everybody else on his staff to a very high standard. I mean, he's run run a very successful business for 10, 10 years, we're in year 11 now. And it's very difficult for him to turn things over to somebody else without still having a say in things. So that's been challenging. Um, just making sure that I'm able to meet 
was, you know, what he would want. Um, other challenges are getting everybody that's on the team to melt together and to have the same vision. And that's and, a, on any team, though. Like yes. that's really like every business, every you know, every business has a team that you just have to figure that out. Especially with the personalities that we have at CrossFit Fury. Yes. I think as a whole, we have great, I mean, we have a great staff and everybody is very committed and very, I'd say they have the passion of what CrossFit's all about and fitness and wellness. So I think everybody has a little bit different way of, a way of showing it. And I think just getting everybody to see that that, hey, we're on the same team, we're all working towards the same goals, um, that at times is easier than others. You know, there's sometimes where we can just roll through that staff meeting and, you know, everybody's great, everybody's yes, okay, in agreement, and then there's other times where ideas are put out and you can see and feel the tension in the room um, because there's definitely disagreement. Yeah, I think that uh, that's going to happen regardless, too. Like, they're never going to be 100% of everybody on board with the same idea. And the way that Brittany has kind of led from that position of saying, hey, we're probably not all going to agree on this, but let's try to find the best way possible between this thought process and maybe that thought process. Like, you need that. You need that kind of someone to, like, say, hey, this is what we want. This is what we're getting. But, like, let's try to meet more in the middle here. Uh, which I think she's been extremely successful because me personally, like that military brain that I have, and I think she has it as well, is that it's like, it's either this or it's not like, it's either you're going to do it this way or you're not. And it, that's not always the case with yes. certain groups of people. Yeah. So that, that, that's been a challenge on my part is just being a little bit more flexible, um, letting go a little bit of the control because I do tend to have, um, a problem when I'm not in control, it's very hard for me. Like the try that we did back Mm. in May, Riley was all excited and he could sense something with me before the start. And he (laughs) said, what's wrong? And I said, I just don't like not being in control of this, how this is being run. Like this is so unorganized. She was complaining about how late they were already. I'm like, (laughs) we're getting ready to go dive into the ocean and like swim. She's like, oh, they're they're running late. I don't like it. I I was giving me anxiety. I'm like, dude, I'm not even, my brain is shut off already she's yeah that well was, that's why fury runs some pretty good competitions yes. because we don't like being late when we're doing our competitions it's and that's why because britney's usually well, well britney actually the took the uh took the lead with uh fury 911 which is now two years running and um let's talk about that like so what brought that idea about and what made you kind of jump off uh that that kind of competition so my husband is a police officer and we've always kind of been supportive of military first responders at Fury, but we wanted to do something a little bit more. So I came to Peter with the idea again of, hey, let's run a competition and our furious events that we hold annually for nine years at that time um, had been very successful. So we are already known for running successful events. I said, can I just kind of own this one and see what I can do. And he said, sure, no problem. Well, the first one that we did, we raised $11,000 that was donated to the 100 Club. Yeah. So the 100 Club of Arizona helps all first responders um, with when there's a loss or an injury on the job. They have different scholarship programs set up for kids. Um, They really have a 
variety of ways that they help. It's not just in um, line of duty deaths. It's uniform um, equipment. You know, there's different ways they help. But um, over the last two years, we've been able to donate, I want to say it's right about $19,000 that has been raised. That's amazing. Over two competitions. So this third one coming up, we're hoping to, you know, meet what we've raised in the past per competition or raise it a little bit more. It's coming next spring, right? Um, We've moved it to the fall because of our, the open Mm. coming in now every October. It's pushed our Furious event to the spring. So then... I mean, I just don't have enough time <laughs> to plan um, back-to-back events like that. And, and I don't think they'd be as successful if they were that close together, sure. too. Like, you have to think, look at a calendar and be like, hey, if we do this in the beginning of the year, we have to do one at the end of the year. Yeah. It'd be hard to uh, logistically get everything going. Uh, but, yeah, I've participated in both uh, Fury 911 and was lucky enough to take top spot at Fury 911 last year. So it's a cool competition. I participated as well. Oh, did you? I did not take a spot. <laughs> I did oh. take a spot, but it wasn't very high up. Oh, okay. It was a lot of fun, though. It was yes. a great event. So it's only growing. So like, if you guys hear this, and this is another competition in the in the Valley, in the West Valley, so hopefully it's just going to grow from there. Uh, do you anticipate seeing uh, Fury 911 get to the kind of the level of uh, Furious? Like That would be ideal. That would I'd love to see that. Um, it's easy to... To raise money in the sense that it's for a good cause. So you usually have a lot more people that are willing to be supportive and donating. It's just getting the word out there. That's been the challenge. Last year, we had an increase in athletes competing for our second year. However, we saw a little bit of a decrease in sponsorship. um, And that's where we make most of the money Mm. is the sponsorships. So the third year, you know, focus. We'll start earlier on the sponsorships. Um, I already have my book going of checklists and of things I need does. to do. Um, but I think with each year that we grow, I'd like to be able to offer more things. Like it'd be cool to have my vision for it would be to have actual police officers and firefighters, maybe doing a head to head in some heats. Nice. I like that. Um, maybe even something. Uh, their own division. Yeah. Like their own division. Um, something where you have it free for them to even compete would be nice. And then that way, um, we draw more from their, you know, line of work. Yeah. Um, I also think that having Fury 911 be maybe more in the fall, maybe that would drive more of the Valley to participate because there's not as many competitions that time of year typically. So I, I don't know. CrossFit's really kind of screwed everything up with moving the open. Well, doing two opens one year also. Yeah, this year. So hopefully next year it will be smoother in 2020. Everything will fall back into line. Yes. Okay, so we're going to give you an opportunity. I know you've got two big events coming up. You've mentioned one of them, Furious, coming up, and there's one even sooner than that. Why don't you talk about the two big events coming up uh, competitions for CrossFit Fury? Because this is open to everyone here in Arizona. Even if you want to come from out of state, we put on a great competition, and we'd love to have you. Yeah, so the first one coming up is the our best of AZ. We used to call it Masters, but now we're calling it age categories because we have included teens. And old people are sensitive. Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes, we are. Um, so that is January 25th, and it's a individual competition. We will have events, like I believe you have a lift. Mm. We just programmed them. We, we, have, we a have all the events. They're all ready yeah, to they're be They're going to be released um, pretty close to registration, which opens on November 30th. So we will be releasing, I believe, the week of 
when registration opens, so the end of November. And that competition is 13 to 15-year-olds, and then 16 and 17-year-olds are in a category. And then you have your masters. We started a little bit younger this year with our 35 to 39-year-olds. And then from there, it's 40, you know, and up. And we break it up into different categories. And then the furious, the big furious one is uh, yes. the fire breather yes. competition. So f- um, furious what furious 11. It? 11. This will be furious 11. And that will be March 21st. And that is a partner competition. And that's usually the biggest. It, we used to be the biggest partner competition in Arizona. Um, that's changed a little over the years because there's been more gyms starting to host their own competitions. We still like to claim the spot of being the best run competition. Um, and that's huge. I mean, that'll, that'll turn me off to a, a bad competition. If I'm there two hours later, dude, like I'm not signing up again. Yeah. Yeah. And we usually, <laughs> we usually have um, one or two games athletes that show up to participate. So I think that is always exciting. Um, I remember the year that I did participate as a competitor, I did not know that I was next to a games athlete. Um, and to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you her name now, um, but trying to keep up with her, I think it was burpees and rowing. And I was right, right with her for the first two rounds and then realized I have like six more minutes of this. There's no <laughs> way. Who is this person? Yeah. And when I got done, uh, my judge, who was a regional athlete, said, uh, do you realize who, you know, is next to you? And I was like, no, but she's, she's fast. <laughs> and she's like, well, there's a reason, yeah. you know, yeah. and her train's a little bit different than yours. What's cool about furious. And I've been here for the last, maybe I've seen two, maybe one, well, two, and that the events are very, very unique. There's always a special twist or a special event, maybe one or two there this year or next year or whatever year, but they're, they're very interesting and they test fitness in a way that you not, might necessarily see in a everyday we, uh, weekend warrior competition. So there's always like an untestable thing that they kind of put on display, which is always interesting to watch from a spectator standpoint. Yeah. We'll definitely keep you up to date on those events as they come out. Maybe we can get some sort of of a listener discount or something, early sign up, something like yeah, that. The, the furious, <laughs> yeah. the furious event. I do know that we'd usually have the early bird, like early registration discount. Sweet. We'll get our listeners on that guys. This is, these are two great competitions. If you're a master's athlete or if you're just a regular fire breather, these are two, two competitions to keep your eyes on. So the next thing I want to kind of talk about with Brittany is that she is a mother of three, uh, three boys. So yes. she has, uh, uh, definitely, um, shown like in spades of, what this, what it looks like to work out through pregnancy. Like I was, I think I showed up as soon as she was uh, uh, pregnant or she was maybe five or six. I don't know. I was definitely through with you and knew you through your pregnancy with, um, with your youngest boy. Yes. And your boy's names are? Uh, Landon is seven. Bryce is six and Porter will be two in February. And did you, you'd only been doing CrossFit through? Porter. Porter. Okay. So tell us the kind of the 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 differences between the two pregnancies and if you if you kind of saw any kind of yeah, help so, with CrossFit through that yeah so my my first pregnancy with Landon I've always been active I've had a, always had a gym membership or you know the next race on the books like what five k am I going to do so I've always done some form of exercise however when I got pregnant with Landon probably about week twenty two I lost my job and decided to hell with it. I'm going to sit on the couch and really just 
be fat and lazy. I mean, no other way to say it. Cause that We've was my, that there. was my mindset. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm pregnant. I can get away with it. And so I'm going to do it. Um, labor was tough. It was hard. Um, it was very hard getting back into a routine. My husband probably about six weeks postpartum, he realized I just still was not anywhere close to the mental state I used to be. Um, I wouldn't say I was diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I probably could give that self-diagnosis now. And he encouraged me to go to this um, group that was meeting at the hospital. It was supposed to be a breastfeeding group, like support group. Uh, They just happened to have a guest that day, um, Kelly Nielsen, who runs the Stroller Strides. That was my saving grace. Mm -hmm. I was able to take my baby then um, in the stroller to the park to exercise, be around other moms. I didn't know I needed it, but I definitely did need that. Um, First time mom, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd always been, um, I guess you could say workaholic. You know, I worked well over 40 hours a week. Um, from the time I graduated till the time I lost my job. So I didn't know that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. My husband kind of did. I did not know that. Um, But it kind of worked out that way. And I slowly um, worked through that postpartum depression. And about seven months, found out I was pregnant with my second and <laughs> drank an entire bottle of wine. Nice. <laughs> before. That'll be fine. He'll be, yes, he'll be fine. I, I kind of, my husband sensed it and he's like, go get a test. I said, no way. I'm going to drink this bottle of wine first. <laughs> I downed the bottle of wine, took the test, cried my eyes out because I was not ready to go through this with my body. I was just getting my body back. I felt like, um, and not necessarily even the weight loss. It was just feeling like myself again. So I was pregnant again, did it again. My first two boys are about 15 months apart. And I returned to stroller strides within two weeks of giving birth um, of Bryce. And when I say return, I was not giving 110%. It was showing up to be with my tribe of moms um, for the support and just moving. Like instead of jumping jacks, I was stepping out to the side, just moving and just getting used to putting two kids in a stroller. How is this going to, this is my routine. They're going to have to do my routine. How am I going to make them do my routine? How am I going to do my new routine? So I'm a very uh, schedule and mm, weird kind of strict <laughs> as far as keeping my routine. Um, so I didn't want to give up that me time, even though I was able to take my kids with me. So I did stroller strides for another, I want to say six months or so before I became a certified instructor for them. And then at that time I coached for about a year and a half, two years. I led the classes. And then that's when I was like, CrossFit is calling my name. I started picking up more shifts at CrossFit. I was just feeling like my kids were a little bit old to be sitting in the stroller still. So I that's when the transition happened over to CrossFit. And I've been doing CrossFit for five years. I was pregnant with Porter, continued to do CrossFit. I didn't move over to our basic side. I just would modify my own um, movements as needed as the pregnancy progressed um, because I wanted to be with my f- friends in my support group still. I still wanted to be in my routine. So 
I came back to CrossFit probably, I want to say I returned to coaching. I only took like a week, week and a half off. And then I want to say about the same time I was coming back to classes and just putting like really light weight above my head. I mean, as a mom, it's easy to just pick up from where you left off because you're not really given much time unless you do have um, a difficult pregnancy or high risk where you're put on bed rest and things like that. I had stayed so active that my labor was very short. So the labor was much different than, than the first. Yes, different than the first two even. Um, even though I'd been active with Bryce, it was still they were kind of like back-to-back pregnancies. So it was still challenging. Um, I will admit I got the epidural for all three. Um, but my labor time definitely decreased, um, with Porter. So I you mean, PR'd your, your baby. I did. Nice. I did. <laughs> Heck yeah. I did. Um, and I'd want to say it just made recovery a lot better too for me. I did not go through any of the emotional stuff like I did, um, with the other two. Do you think that your group at, at CrossFit Fury or at the Stroller Strides, like, do you think that that group played a big role in that? Like having that kind of support system already built in through the gym? Yes. So Peter knew, um, the first day I was back, I received an array of comments. Some of them were from members. I can't believe you're back already. Why are you so worried about losing weight already? And my response was, I'm not here to lose weight. Like, I'm not even worried about the weight I gained. Like, I gained within the reasonable amount you're supposed to. I know it'll come off eventually. Like, this is my third time. It's not about the weight. I was like, I'm here for my mental stability. I'm here to be a better mom. I'm here to be a better wife. Mm. Um, I'm here for myself, so I don't need to go on Xanax. Yeah. So, (laughs) so... And then I had other support that was, oh, welcome back. We're so glad you're back. And I hadn't even been gone that long, mm. but I am a, um, a face every morning that people see at the gym. So I think even when I'm gone just for a long weekend on a vacation or something, everyone's like, where were you? You know, asking questions. Obviously this time they knew I'd had a baby. Um, so Peter made a good point to pull me aside and say he supported me 110% about being back in the gym. If there's anything I needed, let, let him know, take as much time as I wanted. He didn't expect me to return to coaching right away. And I just looked at him and said, I need to, like, this is something I need to do for me. I've been through it two times before and, um, had a rough time staying away from what my normal routine was. And I wanted to get back with it as soon as I could. And I feel like like CrossFit or CrossFit Fury, uh, a little bit more precise, is like that's what like this is what some type of medicine is. Like it keeps you sane or it keeps you that kind of emotional connection to people. Like people need that, like just important as they need like, you know, a good diet or they need a good, uh, I don't know, I don't know, insurance or I don't know. But like that's just it plays a big role in people's lives. And I don't think like until like you it's taken away from you or you have to take a leave of absence of, until you notice like, wow, I, I go there to work out, but I also go there to like, you know, have people or like have a connection with people. So I think that's really important, but I want to reference this video, Brittany, maybe, I don't know if it was before you had Porter or after Porter. I think it was after it was definitely after. And she's like, she's in Michigan on a, on a, 
on a vacation with her family and she's just this is running she's taking a selfie with this with this with her camera with her phone and she's like you know people ask me if i'm gonna bounce back and you know i never left like i'm still here we need to get that video for this please (laughs) it's the most intense video it's like like a goggin style it is she's running she's like i'm not ever gonna bounce back because i never like bounced off like i'm just i just kept going i never stopped and i was like dude this get me fired up do you have that video oh we can find it it's It's on on facebook Facebook. Yeah. Find it. I, I, I we're going to steal it. Oh, yeah, I posted so it for my Duncan group <laughs> yeah, she because was there, yeah. when I was gone, I heard that the attendance was not very good. And I think they think they could get away with that because their coach is gone, right? <laughs> they know their coach isn't going to be there. So she I kind of wanted to motivate the them a little bit. Um, and I do believe the words I said was, um, I never bounced out or yeah, something. Yeah. something like I, I've never yeah. left. I, I watched that video and I was and like, it was Dude. raining, like I'm running in the rain. You know, of <laughs> I course. was ready to run through a wall after I saw that video. I was Man. excited about that. Something I'm fascinated by, just kind of circle back to your, your upbringing. You said you were in two schools a year, a lot of times. Um, one of the things that fascinates me is when you're younger and have to go through things that are hardships, it really builds character and and builds people differently than, than kids who are shielded from that. Like helicopter parents are the big, big rage right now. Right. I don't want my kids to have to deal with any degree of difficulty, any degree of frustration. And I think that makes for worse people as they grow. And it's, it's tough because I'm sure having to see you go through that and you having to go through that every single year in a different school, meeting new people was rough, but talk about how that kind of stuff really formed who you are and what where you'd be if you didn't have to to go through any of that that kind of thing yeah so I was the kid that always had to make new friends you know because hey I'm moving so I always had to make new friends I never fell into a click um so even as an adult now I find I don't really have a set group necessarily I over the last couple years we do have friends that we tend to do a lot of our camping and that kind of stuff with but I always am going out doing stuff with different people and I think that's has a lot to do with because I had to as a kid I I couldn't just hang out with the same three kids all the time like they were either moving I was moving um so having to find new friends all the time came easy to me the older I got. So when I went to college, um, being a freshman, I wasn't really intimidated by being in a dorm with, you know, freshmen, sophomores and who's going to be my roommate, that kind of thing. Um, made friends, um, picked up the sport rugby and just really, I was also in a sorority, so I really... You're a sorority girl? Yes, I was. I know. Can't believe it. I was on a rugby team and in a sorority, (laughs) and I was a resident advisor. Oh, that doesn't shock me. That doesn't shock me. So I had an easy time in college, and I think that is because of how my youth, you know, was. If I wouldn't have had that, I think I would have been a little bit more intimidated. I definitely have had friends where I was the one that people came to get, hey, go get my best friend now, uh, her name's Katie. They would be like, Hey, go get Katie. See if she wants to go out tonight or go, you know, I'd be the one that they'd send in to talk to people and get them to come out of their shell and Hey, come join us or come sit over by us. You know, I, I was the kid in the lunchroom that would go sit next to the kid that didn't have anybody. I feel like when you're the new kid or like when you have to go into a new group or constantly moving, you have to be able to find common ground with people. Like you have to be like, 
have to be able to be open to that. Like now I don't think that people can, it's a lack of being able to find common ground with people. Well, I think when we talked about uh, being uh, a victim in our Victor Frankl episode, one of the things I didn't want to communicate is that it doesn't matter if you're a victim because I know people have to, people have to go through real tough times in life and have to overcome things. But when you define yourself as the victim, like I am in this situation, poor me because of this, you can't grow. And I, you could have done that. You could have been like, well, here I am again in a new school. I'm just going to you know, sit, sit back and cl- sit in the corner and not, not be noticed. But that builds character. The, the hard things in life is what builds character. And I think we as a society miss that. We want to avoid all hard things. And I think we avoid having much character because of that, because that just isn't available to us. When, oh, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, I totally agree. I think, like, well, I can use the example, my kids just had to move two miles down the street a a few months ago so that meant a new school for them and I mean just the saga continued every day of um oh poor me and all this and I just could not say enough of to them Mm. of get over it this is your new life you'll see your friends luckily because we only live two miles further um and I had explained to them what it was like for me growing up and that the world's not over just because you have to move um you know you'll find new friends and Friends are like the seasons. They come and go and you won't always have the same friend. Hopefully you do make that lifelong friend, but you know, you're pretty young now. They're they're in kindergarten, first grade, now first grade and second grade. So I think they're just now coming to realize, yeah, mom was right. You know, (laughs) it, it was hard. Some, one of them still brings it up almost daily. (laughs) Um, but he's, he's making friends, you know? So I think that's important. And if anything, that's why I encourage my kids to sit next to the kid that has the peanut allergy alone at the table, um, play a new sport. Mm. I'm not a parent that's going to put my kid. I don't care if he's going to get a college scholarship or not. We're not playing the same sport year round on the same team of friends. You're going to play with different people. You're going to play with different skill levels. And I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Probably one of the most important things as my development as a kid was when I did elementary school in a certain part of town and my mom worked for the district. She was a teacher. So she could kind of choose where I went to middle school. My sister went to one middle school and my mom wasn't uh, like pleased or how she was developing there. So she was like, well, I'm going to put you in this other middle school. All my friends were getting funneled into that same middle school as my sister. So I started sixth grade at a completely different school with a whole another group of kids that were funneling to this. So, I mean, like I said, I know exactly what Brittany feels like going into a school and not knowing anyone, but looking back now, like that was huge for me to be able to find new friends and, and be able to relate to people. And then guess what? When I went to high school now I had all four of these five of these schools funneling in and now everyone was my friend. Like there wasn't a person that I didn't know at the school because I had made friends with this group and made friends with that group. So it's, it seems like sometimes the worst things in the moment ended up paying off to be like big dividends at the end. Like I can tell you the worst jobs I've had in my life ultimately played a huge role in like how I operate now. Like the worst conditions and the, the thing I would never do again, like helped develop me and shape me into kind of how I operate now. So yeah, all that stuff needs to happen. I feel like you need to fall. You need to scrape your leg. You need to, all the bad things that happened to us as kids, like that still needs to happen because it, it's a huge learning curve. And what I want, what I really want to do is remember that when I'm going through something mm. that's rough, because it's, it's easy 
looking back, it's, it's easier to do that. But I just want to remember that because something else is going to come down the line for everyone. When you're in the middle of it, just be like, hey, this is not the end of it. I mean, there's there's another side to this and I just have to get through that. And I'm, I want to remember these kind of things during those times. I think an important thing to remember is I feel, especially here in the United States, we're very privileged. We're very um, entitled at times. And I think it's easy for you to fall into the, oh, woe is me category. My life, you know, I, you know, I lost my job or things happen, but it could always be worse. And that's kind of, I mean, in a way I'm joking with my kids because they're pretty young when I say, you know, there's kids starving down the street, but in another way, I'm, you know, there is truth behind that. Like they don't want to eat their green beans that night or what yeah the carrots (laughs) but um you know it it just I don't want my kids to grow up not having to be in difficult situations and I want them to appreciate what they do have and realize that you know they're lucky and your life can always be worse so when I'm having a tough day or when I'm you know down about what's going on in my life I always come back to well, it could be a lot worse. Mm. You know, I, I could be diagnosed with something uncurable. I could, you know, I mean, you could, the list goes on. How do you, you do know? that though? How do you, I mean, it's such a hard concept. Gratitude is such a hard concept for kids to kind of get in that moment. I don't have kids, but I can see it. And even through my own childhood, like the stuff that I thought, like I didn't even pay attention to all the good things that were happening as a kid. Like it was just like, oh, so as parents, like what practices do you guys do to, Kind of help your kids seem grateful. Yeah, no kid is born grateful. Like, there's no such thing. So, no, I think it's a daily struggle. Really, I'm constantly, you know, I'll make a post like my my spoiled brats think that they are, you know, deserving of another trip to Disney or you know what can I do? And I always bounce it off other parents. You know, what have they done? I like to constantly remind my kids of you know, you don't want this. Okay. I'll give it to the kid down the street that does, or, you know, use that. But I've had parents, um, give me feedback that they've used, you know, they might have a little bit older kids than I do. And they've done, um, outings with their children, whether it's picking up trash in the community, going to a senior citizen home, a homeless shelter. I cannot wait until the day my kids are old enough to go down to the Phoenix rescue mission. I used to go there to serve, um, dinner there. My kids aren't old enough yet, but we'll, we'll, we will be doing that. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to sign them up for that so that they can actually see what it's like to be poor, what it's, what it's like to have a hard, hard day. Like you, you saying you're starving to me, that drives me absolutely nuts when my kids say that, <laughs> you know, and you're not starving, you know, like you might be hungry, but you're not starving. You'd want to know what that really feels like. You know, I, I almost kind of use threats. I don't know if that's effective, good, you know, effective, yeah, effective but, but, I, but I'll threaten you till you're grateful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think just constantly reminding them and Kelly, um, longtime coach at the gym, she has grown, grown boys. She was a mom of three and She's all the time telling me, you know, you're doing a good job. Like, just keep, because I'm always like, I feel like a broken record. I'm always telling them, say, thank you. Use your manners, you know, and, and lo and behold, it, it happens. Like, she's like, one day it'll, they'll just come around to it. It'll snap. She's like, you can't stop doing what you're doing. So I think just continually trying to get them to understand and just repeating yourself 
Hopefully they'll get it. Well, from a grown from a grown kid, well, or just a big kid now, I would say that that does take effect. Like as a as a man now, like that kind of broken record that you're saying, like that that was my mom. Like she was a broken record, but it pays off. Like you you'll see it down the road a little bit further when when they're older, I guess. But yeah, my mom so many ass whoopings but <laughs> that, that I mean, helps they, too right? yeah they, they paid <laughs> off i mean but you need those to be honest as a kid um well i think for me i i'm gonna weigh in here because i'm a yeah, parent too oh, for sure. i You're, think for me and this is more so with my 11 year old than the younger ones but letting them live with the consequences of their actions like i mean we tell harrison you're responsible for your own education like we're gonna help you but if you've got homework you need to write that down you need to come home and do it and you know if he decides not to study and gets an f on that test I don't want him to fail, but that's a choice he's making. And that's something you have to, kids have to learn that they are, they're in charge of their own happiness, their own entertainment, their own educate. They're going to have to be in charge at some point. So it's always good to try to get that early on. I don't know how it's, it's not that easy to do with younger kids, (laughs) but on some level you can do that too. So, yeah. Um, I can only hope I'll be the broken record, uh, when my kids have, I mean, and I'm going to serve out plenty of ass whoopings for those kids too. I mean, for future ass whoopings that are going into the universe, <laughs> they're going to get those. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to constantly kind of, I almost see like, I just, like I said, I just watched a, um, uh, documentary on surfboard, like a surf, a big wave surfer and he's into making his own surfboards and like he has this kind of like piece of sandpaper that he's making his own surfboard and he has to like make sure it's perfect and I just like almost saw like a, a comparison there of like you just have to keep molding that surfboard you have to keep taking that sandpaper and just wearing it down until it's that perfect surfboard and then you can just go off and ride a wave but like that's what I think parenting is is kind of making that perfect surfboard and hopefully it you know, to go on the water when they're done. Sometimes you feel like you get bit by a shark too. That's, <laughs> that's a good analogy. Yes. Um, Brittany, would you like to end these with a really cool quote? Hopefully you came prepared or if not, just make one up. Um, well, I knew this question was coming. Um, and I, I just circle back. It's always been a favorite quote of mine. Um, you'll always miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I really think that's so true. I, even with this position at Fury, I kind of created it for myself as far as I worked my way up. I gained um, the respect, you know, of the owner. And if I wouldn't have put myself out there a year ago saying, hey, I think you need somebody in this position, um, I don't. And I was very honest. I said, I don't know if it's going to be me because I don't know if I have the time that you want. Uh, but this is what I think you need. This is what I think I could do to help you. And if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be, you know, where I am now. So, and I can use that in so many different examples of my life. Um, you know, anything from making a certain team to jobs to finances, you know, there's always things that if you don't put yourself out there, you're going to miss that opportunity. And then you fall into the, oh, woe is me category. Mm. My so. grandfather always said the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yes. That's true. But sometimes, like, do you want to be the squeaky wheel all the time? I think it's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a time and a place for it. I think if you sit in the shadows too long, you'll be like, oh, that was my idea. Mm. You know, like, because somebody else is going to come up with something that might be better than what you had originally envisioned, or they might have the exact same vision. They're just the ones willing to, you know, step up and say it. I think that's what's helped me is that I'm not afraid to say 
what I think. And at times it gets me in trouble. (laughs) Um, but at other times it's good because I've said it, I got it off my chest. Difficult conversations are hard to have, but once you have them, then I no longer have that weight on my chest anymore and I can move on with my day. I can live with myself better knowing that I like swung and missed and never like swung at all. I'm like, uh, I, I got to go for it. If, if I can live with that better, like not knowing, you know? Totally. Yeah. So Britt, thanks for coming on. We loved it. I think it's going to be a perfect episode. People are going to love it. All right. Thanks yes. for having me. Hell yeah. Yeah.